0: Everybody, Doc Bryan here, and welcome to Doc Talks DX, where we have our guest from Doc Talks joining us, Timothy Walker, as we have talked about his life in a brief, uh, as we were just talking about, a very brief, uh, packaged uh, thing where we didn't uh, get into a whole lot of of stuff and just kind of glossed over the tops. Uh, but he is back here with us again today on Doc Talks DX, and so. Uh, we're glad that, that you have have joined us uh, here again. We kind of left off on Doc Talks and talking about <clears throat> your son and how he passed away uh, in December uh, from COVID. Now, you had mentioned that that you were um, already under some psychological treatment um, due to a, um, uh, which you blame on me, due to <laughs> due to a, a commitment order. Uh, and and that how that kind of really began to mold and shape uh, your recovery efforts. Um, now, once since Miles passing, um, have you felt that you have regressed any in your in your recovery efforts? I would say no, uh, simply because
1: I do have the contact for assistance. Now, I have a psychiatrist that I can call. I have a counselor that I can get a hold of. That's better. I wasn't close enough. Uh, if I need the help, it's there and readily available for me. That's something I did not have before, so I, I don't see a crash. Honestly, I don't feel depressed. I feel very, very sad, and that's that's a very different thing. Uh, if you've ever had depression, it's like people, well, I was depressed. No, you were sad. You have no idea what depression is. If you've never had it, you don't get it. And no one that has it can describe it to you. It's endless, it's bottomless, and it goes on forever.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I I think, uh, and I've said this before and received a lot of scrutiny uh, for this statement, but there is a difference in depression as a symptom and depression as a diagnosis. In that depression as a symptom is... That, that sadness, that anxiety, that fear. But then depression as a diagnosis is the time span that you have had it and the severity. Um, one way that I differentiate between anxiety and depression is that anxiety is the feeling that things aren't going to get better, which mm. then that anxiety leads into a depressive symptom. Well, once that depressive symptom turns into a diagnosis of depression, it is that no longer do you not feel things are ever going to get better, but you've come to the resolve that it's never going to get any better. Uh, And so I think that it is important to note that you can have depression as a symptom and not as a diagnosis. Now there are some that would say, I have never been depressed. And I would say to them, you're a liar, because everybody has been depressed at some point in time in their life, not maybe as a diagnosis but as a symptom. And if you've gone through life and never, ever felt sad or felt anxious and on all those things that that form a symptom of diagnosis. Can I have your life? Right. We need to know your secret so that we could both be rich. You know, it sounds uh,
1: more like the Stepford wives. I
0: don't know. I kind of like the, the I kind
1: of like the variance in humanity.
0: Right. right. And, and, you know, uh, I think that that we go through seasons of depression that give us a different outlook. About things, there is a a couple that we both know uh, that their son uh, is an alcoholic, and went through treating. You know him and his uh, losing his sobriety and then gaining sobriety. Mm And and both of those parents have told me that they have more sympathy now for people who are alcoholics and parents of alcoholics because they've been through it. And, and it's you know it's really important for us to understand that unless we've been there, then then we can't we can't really say well I know how you feel.
1: Oh, exactly.
0: And and even in I was you know thinking the other day, which I try to stay away from thinking because, you know, then... You're a fool, I'm yeah.
1: afraid I've been thinking.
0: <laughs> a dangerous pastime? I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry. No copyright infringement <laughs> there. Um, None. <clears>
1: the <throat> Disney police are coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, you know, I was thinking the other day, uh, you would be able to tell someone, I know how it feels to lose a child, mm-hmm. but you don't know how they feel losing their child. Mm -mm. You have the familial responses. But we have to be very careful when we tell people, well, I know how you feel. Because we are different organisms. We have different workings. Our brain chemicals are, are exactly the same, yet completely different, you know. Exactly. And so uh, we have to be careful there. Now, you are seeing a mental health provider, um, a mm-hmm. psychiatrist and a therapist. Yes. And has that psychiatrist given you or even your your therapist given you any type of diagnosis?
1: Uh, yes. Um, manic depression type 2. Okay. Does that sound right?
0: Uh, a manic depression type two would be bipolar
1: two. Okay, that's that's the word. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay, um, that's the bi- bipolar type two. I still like calling it manic depression because Jimmy wrote the song. <laughs> <laughs> we just need a whole hour to try and explain the humor, because <laughs> it's really twisted.
0: <laughs> it is. And, and, you know, uh, one of the things about um, bipolar is that when you say the word bipolar, people get a little hinky, I guess, is the best word. Especially, you know, five, ten years ago, if you said somebody had bipolar, it was. They're looking for the knife. We need to. Yeah, we need to stay away from them. Yeah. He was such
1: a quiet
0: boy. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, as, as you mentioned, there are. Uh, two different classes of bipolar, uh, bipolar 1, bipolar 2. Now, uh, in the DSM, uh, which is uh, our standard of use, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Health Issues, uh, the DSM-5, there uh, has to be at least one hypnomanic episode, at least one major depressive uh, episode. So a point of where you had this illusion of grandeur that everything you could solve the world, you know, you were, you were Superman. What do you mean uh, illusion? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you speak of mortal?
0: Uh, and, and so the, <laughs> there has to be that. Uh, but then there has to be this depressive disorder and, or episode rather. And so I, I think that when we look at this, we really have to be careful in how we say our mental illness and, and while i while i don't diagnose people um, i have to be very careful in saying well i think this could be this for instance narcissism is probably one of the underdiagnosed things in the world because a true narcissist isn't going to seek help to get a diagnosis of narcissism but if I have a wife of a narcissist who is having a major depressive disorder and I say, well, I think your husband is a narcissist. And she says, well, will he ever get better? And I say, well, if he's a narcissist, then no. And then she goes and kills herself because, you know, so we really have to be mm-hmm. careful about how we uh, treat things. So within the DSM, uh, bipolar two uh, sometimes is called hypermania. And But these are not as high as those found in bipolar 1. But sometimes bipolar 2 is misdiagnosed as a major depression of hypomanic episodes. The hypomanic episodes are unrecognized. In, in this, this thought of hypomania, what did your episode of hypomania look like?
1: Uh, well, you've been seeing some of it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not near as bad as it used to be. I have issues controlling my tongue when I'm in a full-blown hypo hypomanic, mm-hmm. manic, and it's, uh, it's really hard for me to control what I say and uh, my temperament. I'm not a good person. Mm-hmm. If there's any, any picture you can put up somewhere and say, this is not a good person, you can put me there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is strictly by the grace of God that I sit here in the condition that I'm in right now. And this is so much better than I used to be. Right. But uh, what was the question? <laughs> uh, your, your,
0: your your hypomania. Oh, yeah. Uh, what does that look like when you're in one of those episodes? Oh,
1: yeah. Well, and and again, uh, inability to control my tongue, my emotions swing wildly. Just because it's it's hypo doesn't mean there's not depression attached. Mm-hmm. Because I can go. Instantly from zero to screaming Mm -hmm. or zero to depression, and go from the screaming to the depression. And in five minutes, Mm -hmm. it's if someone has never dealt with it, they don't really understand. But it's, I call it my hood Mm -hmm. because when the depression would come on, it was something I could feel. Mm -hmm. It would come up over the back of my head and then over the front of my face. That sounds like uh, I don't know, like some kind of mystical magical thing, but it's not. It's a physiological sensation. absolutely that has it has something to do with what's going on in my head, but it is a physiological manifestation of that
2: right. And uh, and,
0: and I hear that many times, uh, even with like anxiety attacks, you can feel that they are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a manic state, you can feel the darkness, if you will coming over you. Now, are you at a point though, that when you feel that darkness coming, that you know how to use your defense mechanisms to keep that from engulfing you? It's better. Okay.
1: It's not as good. It's, it's better, not best. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, uh, especially with losing our son, uh, it's still fresh. It's only been three months. Maybe since December 27th. So, whatever that is, two or three months it feels like forever. That's why it's hard to track uh, time wise. Yeah. I mean, if I had, <laughs> if my pastor had not committed me, I would not have the help that I have now. And I promise you, I would not be here because I did not have, even though I know the tools, you can't physician heal thyself as a load of. Crap. Mm-hmm. You can't heal yourself. You need help. That's why we have doctors. But if I hadn't had that, I would not be here because that just that it's done me in, but it's not not done me in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. I am not a danger to myself or to anyone else. Mm-hmm. I,
0: of course you're going to say that now because you're on record. and
1: Yeah, and I've got it. But I two things I came to realize. My Lord values me far too highly, and it's a place to call on my life that I cannot get rid of. Scripture says it's irrevocable. The other thing is I really like myself. I really, really do. I make a lot of mistakes, and I do a lot of stupid stuff. But I really like myself, and everyone else should too. Mm-hmm. And the only way I'm going to do that is to express Christ crucified through my actions and activities, which is how I get away with being a magician still and being a pastor. Mr. Ventriloquist Man over there, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah, it's. Don't, uh, don't tell all of my secrets. <laughs>
1: He's mad to a five-foot-tall little Cherokee woman that will hurt him if he gets out of line. That is true. That's Cherokee, I'm telling you. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's... uh, the treatment and the the medication, and say what you will, it's not about Valium and all this other kind of stuff. It's about specific medications for specific problems. And I call it my little my little pill of sunshine that I take every morning because I don't want to kill myself instantly. Mm-hmm. I can be sad, mm-hmm. and it's okay. I can be angry, and nobody has to be afraid, least right. of all me. Right. You also have to keep in mind, during that time, I was a pastor, dealing with all this. I had three churches collapse under me because of little old widow women that didn't like the way the church was going. 1 Corinthians 9.20. (laughs) I wrote it on my hand for a reason. To the Greek, I am a Greek. To the Jew, I am a Jew. I am all things to all men that I might save some. Right? Everybody knows it. I am the geekiest geek you will ever meet. I am the Jewiest Jew you will ever I am the blackest white boy you will <laughs> I learn. I pay attention to people. I pay attention to their problems, especially since I have the training that I have. It makes it easier to, because they're not paying attention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can kind of see where they're at and things like that. And that's why all this garbage that I did before, God has turned into a ministry Otherwise, I wouldn't be a magician. All that training. You wouldn't be doing ventriloquy. You wouldn't sing in a quartet. None of that would have happened had God's calling not been on it, and he's going to use it. My history with rock and roll music and with Striper and all this kind of stuff, he's used it. I can hang out with people with tattoos and metal in their face. I can preach the undead Savior to a group of goth vampire kids because Jesus is the only man that ever raised himself. There's your undead Savior. Mm -hmm. It sounds twisted, but to every Greek, I'll be a Greek. To every Jew, I will be the Jewiest person you've ever met. That's my job. That's my calling. That's, frankly, every believer's calling, but especially for pastors and for preachers who are bringing the word forth, which we do believe to be true, by the way
0: right and, and you said something that that I really liked in the first end of this is that you love yourself oh yeah and there are so many people that would say well I don't love I don't even like myself and that that is like the main central part of who we are is that we can't we can't expect to be loved by somebody if we don't love ourselves What's
1: the, the love your neighbor as yourself? You have to love yourself first. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. Not really. Right. Not really. You can be married to somebody for 50 years, and if you don't love yourself, you don't really love them. Mm-hmm. It's not time served. You know, it's not marriage spent. It's time served. Right. So, yeah, it, and, I, and I do. And it sounds— r- Like real ego stuff. You know, I love myself. Yes, I do. I'm so pretty. Yeah, you wish you could be this fine. I'm just, (laughs) and all that is joking, but it's not. But that's why I have that ego. Who in the world believes they can stand up in a room full of people and tell them how to live their lives and people are actually going to listen to them? And that's the pastorate. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize it's scripturally based, but there's an ego there. You don't stand up in front of a room full of people if you don't have an ego that tells you you can do that. Right. And that's one of the pastoral gifts. One of my early pastors, one of my early influencers said he believed that Politicians and car salesmen were pastors who had not answered their true calling <laughs> because it's the same tools, you know.
0: Yes, yes um, it is.
1: Misused, but mm-hmm. they're the same tools nonetheless. Salesmen, anything. I mean, that's that's a pastoral gift. The And it's convincing, but it's convincing based on fact, which will
0: always ring true. So pulling this back into a diagnosis— uh, with bipolar two, there is times of hypomania, uh, which hypo means under or below, hyper means above or beyond. And so the way that I try to explain bipolar is this. If, if we have a straight line across the board, we could say that's normal. And we know that normal is relative to to an individual. Well, so if you are on that line and you go under that line and then up to that line and then down and then up to the line and you never get over that line, then that's hype O. You're under or at. And so that line being under is depressive. And so you get to that line and you're, once again normal being relative, you're let's use the word baseline that's baseline for you. And so then you have these times of of mania that are hypo or under or depressive. And that is that, that veil, if you will, that comes up. Now, type one is that you are hyper and hypo. So you never sit at that baseline. You're either up or you're down, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get the people that are you know, running the streets naked and, you know, having the illusions of grandeur and, and, you know, just, just. You said you
1: wouldn't tell them oh, about that.
0: Well, uh, you signed the paper that said I could say whatever I wanted to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, man. But, uh, but, but then we see these people who are more, more likely bipolar one that get treatment, get medication, and then quit taking their medication. And the reason that is, is because they feel more comfortable being up and down than they do feeling like they're stuck in a box. Now, you don't see that so much with bipolar 2, because bipolar 2, you're in that depressive and you want to get back at that baseline. You want to get back to that feeling of where, yes, I can live. Yes, I can succeed. Yes, I can make a difference in the world. But when we get into that depressive issue, it's, I must be an idiot because I could never do anything on my own. I could never, and even even beyond spirituality, which you know, mm-hmm. uh, we get to this point of where, okay, I know that I'm called to preach, but there's no church that ever is going to have me to be their pastor. Obviously, this is uh, by audio, and so you couldn't see him raise his hand, but he raised his hand, and and uh, I almost said I see that hand because I'm a Baptist <laughs> preacher. <laughs> uh, only if you're Baptist will you understand yes. that joke. Every um, head bowed, every, every eye
1: closed. Let me just yeah. see your hand. Just raise your hand, <laughs> put it up and put it down.
0: I see That's, that hand. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so, have, have you, you ever
1: made up hands? <laughs> no. Tell the truth.
0: <laughs> no, I <Okay. laughs> have never.
1: <laughs> I see that hand. Yeah. There's nobody There's, over there. There
0: is no <laughs> hand. Uh, so, have you ever gotten to a point in that baseline of where you feel normal that you were uncomfortable being okay? Okay, here's what I ran into. You normal people,
1: you're happy and you're sad. Mm-hmm. What the heck is wrong with you? You'll be a little sad or you'll be a lot sad or you'll be a little happy or a lot. There's no consistency.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're up and you're down and I don't like it. I can't keep up with that. All of a sudden, I'm supposed to be a little bit sad or a little bit happy. It's The variations, the variations are killer mm-hmm. because you're so used to either being, like I say, it's worse than it is today, the wound up,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you're used to being a, a a shadow in a hole. And all of a sudden, you've got these variations of the theme, and I don't play that tune. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I'm having to learn, and it's an ongoing process. Now, with everything that's gone on, it's been a pretty drastic turn Clearly.
0: And it's very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I have had clients before who were bipolar, too, that it was almost they would say it was almost like when I blink, I was a different person. And sometimes those hypo uh, insta- and even hyper instances are like that, that it just seems like you're not a little sad. You're a lot sad. Mm-hmm. You're not a little hyper or a little glad you're a lot glad and there's that you're not resting on that baseline. Now, of course, we're all going to get a little sad. We're all going to get a little happy. That's, that's life. But with, with the bipolar is, and, and, for, for those of you listening, bipolar in previous editions of the DSM was just called Manic Depressive Disorder. Uh, and then over the last uh, revisions, couple of rev- revisions, it changed to bipolar, uh, which, like you, I would prefer manic depressive over bipolar. But as as technology and, and research has has come, we see that bipolar is a better name. So, when it comes to bipolar, it is a chemical reaction. And mm-hmm. so there has to be a medical treatment for it. It's bipolar is not something that you can, let me back up and say, if you were truly diagnosed bipolar, therapy will not fix it without medical intervention. Right. And that's where people get kind of jacked up in things as well. I don't want to take pills and I don't want, well, at what extent do you want to be better?
1: Well, see, and and that was part of my issue because I do have a very addictive personality. I have been addicted on pain medicine for like, f- there's four and a half years I don't have a lot of memory of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first four and a half years of my son Miles' life, I've just, there's big holes in it. I don't do drugs, you know. I, I'll take medication but I don't do drugs. So before I was willing to take anything, they had to explain what it was
2: because
1: mm-hmm. I wasn't touching it if it was addictive kind of stuff. And thankfully, the f- very first medications that they put me on were the right ones. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, I told you, I call it my little sunshine pill.
0: Mm-hmm. It's probably Lamotrigine or lamictal. It is, it yeah. is
1: Lamotrigine. First day after taking the medication the previous day the first day i was better mm-hmm. it was that fast and having a lot of issues sleeping a lot of you know stuff like that and uh just Quetiapine, mm-hmm. take that at night mm-hmm. That's, that's Which my is little Seroquel. That's my little teddy bear. Yeah. It puts me to sleep. It mm-hmm. lets me. So I, I'm old. I still had to get up to pee, but I'm not getting up because I can't sleep and my mm-hmm. brain is raging and I can't get this mm-hmm. meaningless garbage out of my head, you know?
0: Which is funny because coetapine, the first you know, five letters is quiet.
1: Mm. Well, it is. It <laughs> makes a world of difference. Uh, went in yet and didn't go in. We're doing it all by phone. Uh, yesterday, I uh, had an appointment with my psychiatrist, and we bumped up my quetiapine by a half tab at night because I'm starting to have re- restless slumber and mm-hmm. things like that, which I suspect are related to the passing of miles. Sure. And that's the other frustrating thing. You can't, when you can't help yourself, you can't really help others. And I can't help myself right now. I have to have help. Sure. So that's that's my other concern.
0: And I think one of the biggest problems is, is that that's the very first step is to realize that I can't make this better on my own. Yeah. I can't do this on my own. And, and you know, with, with bipolar, it's kind of a double-edged sword because we are convinced that it's not ever going to get any better because mm-hmm. we are hypomanic. And then to say, well, there, you could see this doctor and it could, well, we're convinced that it can't, you know? And so sometimes it takes that committal by a a therapist or or a, a doctor to get us in a position of where we can even entertain the thought that it could get better.
1: It's all your fault. I will say that to the day I die. You might I might as well have been a drowning swimmer and you're a lifeguard. and that's no don't get no big head over. It. Don't get no. There we go. Do not get a big head over that, but I'm just saying you did your job admirably. Mm-hmm. You did exactly what you should have done not only for a parishioner uh, which showed me the caliber of your pastoral spirit but also for somebody who can provide help and know, see someone that needs it and does probably a, a very uncomfortable thing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, not just as a pastor but as a as a therapist, it's very difficult to commit somebody mm-hmm. especially when they're suicidal. I know of a family who their their child was a raging alcoholic. Uh, to the point that they were able to go to the courts and get a, a, a commitment order. And when that child, that 72-hour, which I say they were a child, they were an adult, they were in their 40s. Uh, when that child got out, called their parents and said, I'm going to make sure that you don't ever have control over my life in this manner again. They were very confused at what that meant. And that young man committed suicide just hours after that phone call. Mm-hmm. So it is very difficult um, for us. And But it comes to the point where I had to say, if Timothy never talks to me again, and he hates me for the rest of my life, at least I can sleep at night knowing that he lived another day. Mm-hmm. And it's rough. It is hard. It is hard.
1: It's a lot of pressure on the counselor, the, counsel or the psychi- psychiatric end. Uh, there's a reason why the suicide rates are so high on the treatment end, not mm-hmm. just on the patient end. Mm-hmm. It's a hard road to hoe, especially if you know the individual or knows mm-hmm. know them somewhat. Sure. Yeah, in the moment, I think it probably is just as tough on the physician as it is the patient. It's mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and, and thankfully though, uh, you said the treatment plan. With medication worked the first time. And that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a reason that it's called practicing medicine (laughs) Uh, because sometimes we feel like guinea pigs, and a lot of times people just give up because Mm -hmm. this medicine isn't working. And uh, while I can't speak to medicine uh, because I'm not a medical doctor, I can say that most medications, when it comes to depressive disorders, even anxiety disorders, have to cross the blood brain barrier, which can take Four to six weeks for you to start really seeing uh, some differences. Mm-hmm. So I can just say that I'm glad that you decided to stick around that i that I'm glad that that you found hope and light and in, in in and through all of this, you know, the way that life works, I, I could say the way that life works, but really when it boils down, it's the way that God orchestrates things mm-hmm. is that all things will work for our good and that we're able to to help other people because we have been through similar things. Mm -hmm. And so if we keep that in mind, uh, I did counseling with an alcoholic one time, and he said, going to AA makes me want to drink more. (laughs) And and I could understand
1: that. I told you, addictive personality. I went to an NA meeting, Narcotics Anonymous. Went to that meeting, ended up smoking a joint in the dude's car out in the parking lot mm-hmm. and went home.
0: Yeah. It just, you know, it, it, so what? And so, so what I told this person was imagine that you're going to this AA meeting to learn how to teach it and how to lead it. And when he went with that mentality, it worked. It's all in how we are looking at things and how we are perceiving things around us. But we're in that hypo state or even that hyper state, we can't see it. Now I'll
1: ask: Did he have a pretty good ego on himself? Yeah, he was okay. very self-confident. That's that's yeah. what it that's what it sounded like. Because I'm I'm hearing myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: in this. People think I'm kidding when I say I'm a blessing to all humanity and everyone should love me and look how pretty I am.
0: Mm-hmm. You've got a face for radio. I mean, you're in a voice for newsprint. Yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. (laughs) Um, But people think I'm kidding when I say that. But that's a, it's a joke, but it's not, Mm -hmm. because I really do believe that, and I, I had to come to grips with that, because I'm not in charge. Carol is. (laughs) See, you're gonna make me violate scripture here. (laughs) He's in charge. We serve him. I serve her. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it's uh, finding out you're not in charge. I've been saved since I was nine. Like I say, I'm 60 years old now. Got into ministry in 2002. Finding out that you are not in charge, for me, it could have gone two ways. One, uh, what do you mean? I'm not in charge. Tri- I'm in charge of everything. Or, good, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in charge anymore. One of the things I complain about is the, the pastorate has become a job. You send a resume in, you go in and preach, maybe, or send them a video, and then they like vote on you and all this kind of stuff. Okay, whatever. I don't send out resumes. I just don't. Either God's in charge or I'm or or he's not. I know him to be in charge. He also knows I'm pretty stupid, hard headed. He has to put stuff right in my face before I'll get it. So when it's time, I'll get it. Right now he's got he's been letting me rest, and I've been trying to be busy, but he's been letting me rest, and I'm starting to see why but I have bought four different color polo shirts other than black, which I've never worn before. You can, you can mm-hmm. speak to that. Uh, it
0: just says your treatment is working.
1: Well, to the Jew, I will be a Jew. To the Greek, I will be a Greek. To the Arkansan, I'll look like a preacher. <laughs> it is really that simple. It is really that simple. If you're going to have a job, look like you intend to have the job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And down here in Arkansas, the all black and the uh, kind of creepy looking cuz that's that's me at my heart. I like black clothes. I always have. But that doesn't seem to fly down here. Doesn't seem to I I can sell it up in Indianapolis. I can't sell it down here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, which tells me I'm not supposed to first off. And second, I need to do something different, and this is it. It's we're the all black is gone. Mm.
0: Well, I, I'm glad that we can we can uh, even use that in in a thought of that the depression of the all black is is going. Yes, uh, and and as I've said, I'm I'm glad that you are getting help and getting better, and I'm glad that you decided to stick around.
1: Well, thank you. I, I like being here. I, I've been blessed with a pretty good church and a, and a fairly decent pastor. And
0: uh, I'll take it. Um, I'll take it's, it.
1: <laughs> it's not many people can call a church home, mm-hmm. but I have seen more family out of the folks here since, well, since, you know, the quarantine thing, staying home. I get a letter every week Mm-hmm. I get a phone call from somebody, or I'll get a you know something on Facebook, or or something from somebody, but they know I'm there and they know and I'm missed. Mm-hmm. That's nice.
0: It is. Well, Timothy, I thank you for being uh, on Doc Talks DX with us today, and and appreciate you telling your story. There's a lot of people who uh, would not be as comfortable or candid telling the story that you have. Once again, I'm Doc Brian. You can find me at thedocbrian.com. All of my uh, social media links are at the bottom of that web page. Uh, feel free to follow us there. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Doc Talks with Dr. Brian Shepard. And Doc Brian, Doc Talks is a part of the Be Frank Network. You can find all of our podcasts there at befranknetwork.com. I look forward to having you join us next time. Again, Timothy, thank you for being here with us. My pleasure. And everyone have a great day. Goodbye.